party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week, I am joined by Zach from the Heart Points podcast for a game of Grimworld. Grimworld is a hack of dungeon world that takes the game into a darker, deadlier, and in a word, grimmer place. It is a game that emphasizes horrifying monsters, shadowy conspiracies, and the often mortal and tragic cost of being a hero. It's a fascinating game supplement that takes Dungeon World, which is one of my favorite games, and pushes it in some really cool and exciting new directions. I, I can't wait for you to hear the episode and to check out the game, which you can learn more about in the show notes. Heart Points is it's a podcast that is just very good that you should just be listening to. It's so wonderful. It is a one-on-one actual play, which if you enjoy Party of One, it's probably up your alley, in which Zach and his wife Diana play through an ongoing Dungeon World game set in a homebrew setting, as well as some two-player one-shots along the way. It is just... it is wonderful. It is every bit as charming as the name and the pitch make it sound. It is so worth your time. I could listen to it forever. It's fantastic. You can and should find more information about Heart Points at heartpoints.wordpress.com. Now, before we dive in, a special Patreon thank you goes out to our newest backer, Corv. Thank you so much for backing the show on Patreon. It really means a lot to me. We actually just hit our $50 a month funding goal for the podcast, which means all of our expenses, hosting, cloud storage, all that kind of stuff is paid for, which is awesome. And that means I'm going to be running a special Patreon game for Patreon backers every single month. So if you want to play special games with me, this month will probably be mission accomplished. So if you want to play special secret games with me, you can head over to patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast for more information. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Zach from Heart Points. Zach, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me. So uh, real quick before we dive in, why don't you take a moment to tell the listeners at home about Heart Points, about anything you might want them to know about, any cool projects you're working on, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, well, uh, my main project right now is Heart Points. Uh, it's a one-to-one, like yours, actual play podcast, uh, but I do it with my wife, Diana, and we play a, right now we're playing a long-form Dungeon World campaign, and we do like some mini stuff on the side, but mostly it's a long-form Dungeon World campaign set in the diverse city of Segranza, and it's a lot of fun. You can find us on Twitter at HeartPointsPod. I cannot tell you how delighted I was, um to discover that there was another two-player role-playing games podcast happening, like, super close to me. It was uh, a treat. And it's a good show, and I'm delighted. It's just a real delight. Thank you so much. I I felt the same way when uh, I met you at Amalgam Comics. I was like, oh, man, there's another one-to-one podcast. And, like, I think it's super cool because we both do, like, the same idea but slightly differently. And Mm -hmm. I just, they fit together really well. Yeah, they really, really really do. It, do, it makes me happy, too. I, I, they've written together really well, and it just, you know, it's it's funny because it's such a small niche, but, like, every so every time I find another podcast that fits into the niche, I get so, it, it, it my heart grows a size, like the Grinch. <laughs> my cold, dead heart. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel that. So, uh, this week, we are playing Grim World. It is a supplement for Dungeon World uh, designed to tell sort of darker harsher, more unforgiving kind of fantasy stories. So uh, I'm really excited. So why don't you introduce us to your character this week? Uh, so I have made Seapok uh, the Kobold, uh, the Kobold Shaman. Uh, I was looking through like the Grimworld playbooks and the Shaman like struck out at me because it is a, 
very dark magic user, and I thought that was mm-hmm. super cool. Sipak uh, is a uh, shaman. They uh, are looking for the the spirit of the first dragon uh, is their goal, and they. Uh, so the cool thing that I like about the shaman is that they can um, bind spirits into totems, mm-hmm. and I think the totems that Seapok makes are these uh, little like blown glass baubles like uh like beautiful like almost like christmas tree ornaments or even if you've seen like old fancy like perfume bottles mm-hmm. uh he blows them uh with like a like traditional like glass blowing pipe uh and stores the spirits in those what happened uh he once broke a bobble what happened uh once he broke a bobble and i think he let out a very dangerous spirit he had been storing, um, maybe for a special occasion, and it, like, like for emergency use, uh, and I think maybe it broke, like, one night over the campfire while he was crafting another totem, um, he broke a very, uh, a, a very unkind spirit, uh, and I think it, I think it might have messed up his leg a little bit in the mm-hmm. ensuing chaos uh, before fleeing. Okay. And I think that maybe that's one of his, like, big fears, is that that is going to come back to bite him. I mean, I can't imagine that it would. <laughs> um, tell me about the spirit of the first dragon. The spirit of the first dragon is um, Fornak, and Sipak uh, uh, is... I think Seapok is an optimist in all things, mm-hmm. and I think he thinks that if he can find Fornak, he can kind of bring the kobolds uh, back from the brink. Since this is Grimworld, I think mm-hmm. maybe kobolds have had a rough time of it. Yeah. Um, maybe even rougher than kobolds traditionally do. Sure. And uh, I, I think if he thinks he can, if he can find Fornak's spirit, he can bring the fire of Fornak, uh, like light and energy, the the harnessed fire of the hearth, to the kobold people. And so that's what he's kind of dedicated his life to. Okay. Interesting. Um. So, how does uh how does Seapok make a living? during uh, his travels like what is he what is he after what is he looking for and where did and where did he get a lead about the uh wealthy port town of penhurst's abbey Mm. so i think he is a kind of a kind of a wandering ascetic um Mm -hmm. in that he is is very much trying to make things on his own uh or rather, actually, he's a beggar, I think is mm-hmm. probably the best way to put it. Um, I think he tries to get by on the kindness of strangers, um, but also I think it tries to lend his services as a, a wise man, as a spirit talker. Um, so it's kind of like a pass a few coin my way and I'll tell your fortunes mm. um, type of thing. Uh, and so the port town of where? Penhurst's Abbey. Penhurst Abbey. It's a 
it's kind of a wealthy, maybe a little stuck-up port town. You know, the kind where, like, nobody really, like, comes in or out, and it's just sort of like... It's not... It's sort of... feels like it almost should be a tourist town, or, like, one of those quaint towns you'd see on a postcard. But, like, something about it just has this air... You can almost feel the dust hanging in the air. Like, nothing has been, like... Nothing has been moved, even by the townsfolk, in a generation or two. Okay, yeah, I think he, I think he comes to Penhurst Abbey uh, because he's been making his way up the coast. Uh, mm. The beaches are are good for an ascetic. There's uh, lots of sand for glass blowing. There's mm-hmm. fish to eat. Um, people can generally be kind. Uh, and I think when he hears wind of Penhurst Abbey, he thinks that that might be a good place to stop for a little bit and maybe uh, get rely on the kindness of some uh, some more well-off folk. Uh, while you were in town, you know you've been you've you you'd been here for a few days. While you were slumming it for lack of a better term uh somebody approached you about using your services they were very anxious very nervous they they kind of approached you after dark they they um they kind of buttered you up a little bit and they brought you back to uh a very nice very proper kind of house right and they 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 came to you specifically kind of asking if, you know, your your reputation a little bit preceded you. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, uh, Sipak is very uh, just amazed at, like, the, the size of this house, the scope of this house. Um, I think he's very taken... I think he's very taken in by these kind words, but also a little wary because as an ascetic, he also kind of is like... You don't need all this stuff. Sure. You don't need all this. So give me an example of something that is just excessive in their place. So what's something, what is something that catches Seapok's eye as a symbol of pointless wealth? Um, I think there is like a lot. Um, honestly, my first thought is the, like the silverware and the diningware. Mm. It's all like silver. And I think there's like, like, fine expertly crafted silver um and like silver and gold like frames hanging like beautiful artwork um Mm -hmm. and there's just a lot of it yeah there really is there's and it's very specifically silver you had heard tale that uh penhurst abbey was near an old silver mine but like this seems excessive it almost seems like places are inlaid with silver well, that doesn't really raise a red flag, does it? I mean, you know, lots of things use silver. It's not just used in rituals, but it still seems excessive, right? Yeah, it. The, I think the more I see of it, like, like gilded into like, uh, like I don't know, railings and and uh, just everywhere, it's starting to, I don't know, weird Seapok out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you definitely get that, yeah. I, that that vibe certainly makes sense, especially as they're kind of explaining to you why they sought out a uh, a shaman or a soothsayer specifically. Um, they have had some. 
their son is sick. Uh, mm. This this old man, Cyrus Cyrus Willoughby. Oh, Cy- that's a great old man name, right? Uh, Cyrus Willoughby's son, um, Gearhard is sick. Gearhard Willoughby is sick. He has been for some time. And but when you but when you kind of press Cyrus about it, he doesn't tell you anything. He just says like he's sick and he needs your help. Okay. All right. All of this leads you into the bedroom of Gearhard Willoughby, where you see well I don't know that you or I would call uh the undead fog lingering around the room around this scared panicking child an illness Ooh. maybe a malady maybe yeah. a misfortune but i don't know if i would use the word sickness unless i were trying to hide something yeah yeah i think Seapok is like um like he knew that there was something more on the like going on here but when he sees this he's like mm, this is this is I, I thought you might need like herbs and poultices not necessarily uh someone who's an exorcist um you kind of turn around to like say that to cyrus and he's already long gone the door is locked and this Mm. thick creamy fog is just like billowing from nowhere and then you start to see hands and skulls this is the telltale fog of the Yure. Trapped souls unable to move on. Heralds of the otherworldly general known as the New. Oof. So, this is very bad. Um, hmm. They're circling the bed, and you see, you know, clawed skeletal hands periodically come out of the fog as it kind of, like, makes its way. It's surprisingly solid for fog right like it is a mass that is kind of circling the child and hands are coming out of it you see kind of rib cages and joints and bones periodically jutting out and it is just circling circling the room circling you circling the child all right what do you do so i think i want to uh may consult my my accumulated knowledge uh, about hmm, how best to remove these spirits from this whatever attachment they have to this child. Uh, they must have some aversion, some weakness that I've come across perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so would it be possible for me to spout lore? Yes, absolutely. All right. That is... What do I add to Spout Lore? Uh, Spout Lore is intelligence. Let me double check that. I believe it's... Yeah, it is intelligence. Yep. Uh, So that is a miss. That's a bad miss. Excellent. Um, Yeah, so I think what happens is... Pull out my GM moves and find the one that hurts the most. (laughs) No. (laughs) Poor Um, Seapon. Let me see actually specifically what Spout Lore says. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, you know that Yure are cold and damned spirits. They are 
scoundrels, murderers, criminals, uh, un- the unrepentant in life, those that take glee in hurting others, such that uh, when they are dragged into service by the new, it be they become interested solely in draining the warmth out of uh, the living, mm-hmm. such that they may steal that steal that one last flame of life that they took so much joy in stealing from while while on the mortal plane um it is often said that uh new will simply take and take until they have taken all of the warmth and then they will move on to the next but i have a feeling you can't let that happen no, not at all. Hmm. So, they are seemingly mindless, perhaps? Um, hungering things. This cannot be something that I can abide. And so I wonder what it is that I can do. The The fog is beginning to take like is beginning to separate as it swirls closer to the bed and now you can make out like three or four distinct essences we'll call them Mm. well uh i think seapok is certainly a little frightened uh he i don't know if he's dealt with something this malicious in in quite a long time uh like I said, most of the time when people come to him, they want poultices, they want horoscopes. Uh, this is this is quite a uh, undertaking. Um, I think would it make sense for me to try to discern realities, or is this something that I need to act right now? Uh, you can. You as a shaman can can discern realities. You have you have been among the dead. You have been among the spirits long enough that like you can. You have an eye for studying them mm-hmm. that I would allow you. I would definitely allow you to discern reality. Okay, so I didn't remember anything specifically, but maybe I'll be able to notice something. Yeah, and that is much better. That is a fourteen. Okay, ask me uh, three questions from the list of questions and include as you are a shaman. You may include what do the spirits whisper here? Yeah, which. Hmm. I think is going to be the first one. Uh, I think I listen very closely to the words that these uh, Yure are are speaking to try to... I, I know that they hunger for the life of the boy, but I wonder if I can discern anything else from there. Um, they are... You hear, as you're listening, you hear them just kind of like chomping their jaws and moaning. But as you lean in, you start to hear... Uh, like f- foghorns, mm. sea bells, the wave of the ocean, the soft rhythmic, the soft rhythmic shouting of an old pirate shanty, clanging of glasses. They seem to whisper. They seem to whisper shanties to the effect of, "Here at last, here at shore." Now we feast forevermore. Ooh. 
Zivak, I think, like sucks in on his crocodile teeth and uh, and feels like maybe he's starting to get a picture of what might be uh, what might be going on in this this uh, this house. Um, I'm going to ask, uh, who's really in control here? Um, you you hear them like cheering and chanting, and you know that. One thing that you you know about Yure is, like I said, they are the heralds of the new, which is the the guardian, uh, the general of an old and forgotten terrible god, a tiger, a tiger faced ghost mm. heralding. They rarely Yure rarely, if ever, act on their own volition. They are. But, like, you hear the singing and the chanting, it sounds to you like these spirits have been set free or set loose to indulge themselves and feast until they are called upon again. All right. Hmm. Okay. And then my last question is, what should I, or, no, sorry, what here is useful or valuable to me? Uh, what here is useful or valuable to you? You see them circling, and you watch one of the spirits kind of twirl around the bedpost. It's I'm picturing one of these big Victorian beds, yeah. right, with the, mm-hmm. the big, and it's all silver, and you see it twirling around, and for a brief moment, its fingers touch the bedpost, or like it grazes against it. And it lights up with blue flame, and it scatters for a moment. Hmm. That's very interesting. And suddenly all that silver, all that gaudy, pointless silver, you see it in a new light. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Sorry, did you say there was silver in the bedpost? Yes, the bed, the whole bed is like the crafted of silver. All right. So that's the only thing keeping them from the actual child? Yeah, it's well it seems like they can sort of move through the uh they can move through the like the fabric of the veil on mm. the bed. Mm-hmm. But like the second one of them makes contact with that the second one of them makes contact with the with the, the bedpost, that silver bedpost, it recoils with blue flame. Okay. Alright. I Well, let's see. The silver in the rest of the house obviously hasn't kept them from getting in or tormenting this young child. Uh, is the child responsive at all? Uh, he is very, he's like curled up, blankets all around him, knees to his chest, just watching, whimpering, periodically looking to you. Mm, okay. Not doing anything, but clearly just frozen in fear. All right. I... Hmm. I think I'm going to uh, try to uh, attack this miasma or unleash one of my spirits on this miasma. Okay. Um, so I, I I go over to the little the little boy. Uh, I go over to the side of the bed, um, and I I have a staff that I kind of use as a walking stick because my leg mm-hmm. isn't quite as good after the after the one spirit kind of attacked me, um, and I say I say. Do not worry. You will be fine. I'm going to try a few things. 
please, um, please just do whatever you have to do. Just please don't let them. Please don't let them. How long have you been here? <sighs> uh, 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 I've, I, I just. I, my father sent me to bed, and they were here. We had heard rumors that... But I didn't think they were real. Uh, all right, Sivak so nods, and he goes, Very well, let me see what happens uh, when I do this. And I, he, like as he's been talking to this boy, he's been kind of like combing through his like things. Uh, the, the glass bottles are kind of clacking against one another. Uh, and he pulls out one that's like... Uh, it's blue and, and shiny, uh, and with uh, within it is uh, the spirit Yuka Um, who is a lightning spirit. Okay. Uh, and when I say the name of a spirit bound to a totem I've made, I can roll wisdom uh, to try to unleash it. Uh, so I'm going to try to unleash Yuka Um against these Yure. Uh, All right, roll me plus wisdom. All right. You say the name of a spirit bound to a totem. Instead of consuming a charge, you can roll plus wisdom. Yes, and I rolled a eight. Okay. The spirit is released, but choose one. Uh, you may draw unwelcome attention to yourself. You may uh, damage your reputation in the spirit realm, or you may consume a charge. I'm going to draw unwelcome attention to myself, or put Good. myself in a spot, um, because I don't want to destroy this totem. Um and I don't want to damage my connection because I have a feeling I'm probably going to need to use this totem again. Uh, so I, I hold uh, the bottle aloft and I speak the name of Yuka Um, um unleashing the lightning spirit on the Yure. Oh, and that does uh, 1d6 damage. Okay, roll that d6 damage. That's a 4. Alright. Um, I will say... I'm going to put you in a spot, I think. Okay. Now, uh, you attract attention. You, The lightning spirit bursts through and begins bouncing around the room. Is it, uh, he is... Uh, Yuka Um is immediately drawn to... Yuka Um bursts forth from your bobble and is immediately almost magnetically drawn to that silver bedpost, right? Begins okay. bouncing from, from post to post, bursting forth each time, and catches one of the spirits and consumes it immediately, like, empowered by the silver and the power of electricity. It bursts through, and one of the one of these four clouds of, of skeletal malice simply ceases to be. Mm. Uh, but... As this is happening, the other th spirits uh, take notice of you and sense the uh, take notice of you and decide that there is a much brighter flame to extinguish tonight. Oof. All right. Yeah, uh, I get a little crocodile smile as I as I notice uh, this uh, attention has has refocused on me. At least they're not going to torment the child anymore. Um, all right. Uh, have they made to move at all? The Ure? Um, not yet. Uh, actually, yeah, they have, they're, they're coming towards you. What do you do? Um, hmm. I'm actually going to see... I wonder if I can hit him with my staff. 
I wonder if I have enough of a connection to the spirit realm, or is that something that's definitely just not going to work? Um, give me, no, I'll, give me a, give me a hack and slash, but I'll tell you that, but I'll tell you that, uh, you are channeling your connection to the spirit realm through your staff, and therefore there will be, uh, consequences if you fail mm, okay i'm down with that i'm okay my strength's not great but it's okay that is a oh that's not bad at all that is a 10 okay uh yeah you channel yourself into your staff and you take a swing uh describe to me roll your damage and describe to me what that looks like okay uh i rolled four damage um i think what it looks like is um so, I really want to put a drum on my staff. Um, okay. And I uh, totally like for aesthetic purposes. Sure. Um, and I think it. Uh, I think the drum starts to beat almost like a mm-hmm. heart, um, as this like kind of uh, this blue and uh, like fiery energy kind of can like. Uh, glows off the top of the staff uh where this drum hangs um and i think yeah it starts to beat like a heart and i uh i just kind of swing it and uh hit the first of these ure as it as it is coming towards me yeah you uh you bash it it doesn't dissipate but like now it it loses its spectral form and is just like a skeleton sort of like clawing towards you oh worse (laughs) <laughs> leaving kind of like icy withered death on each with each touch of its fingertips. The other two uh one swirls around one swirls around your staff and the other swirls around you like you. Mm-hmm. Give me a give me a defy danger using either using whatever ability you want as these things try to pull you try to like drag you down and steal the warmth from you. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Would... I'm trying to think. I guess I'm going to try to dodge out of the way. Okay. And that is a... What is that? I'm very bad at math. That's a seven. Okay. Um, yeah. You are able to... You're able to dodge the one that tries to, like, flow through you, stealing your warmth. Mm-hmm. But the one that wraps itself around... But in doing so, the one that, wrap, that like, is circling your staff yeah. is able to, like, pull it away from you. Oof. The drumbeat stops. They're all kind of focused on you. The lightning spirit is still dancing around the room. Ooh, yes. Okay, so he's... Uh, Yuka Um is still out? Yuka Um is still out and about and dancing around. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely going to call to him again then. Uh, using Spirit Talk, I'm going to ask him to... Uh, to. I'm going... I think I point uh, at the one that has taken my staff from me, and I call on Yuka Um's name again. And that is a 12. Okay, beautiful. Um, roll that damage. All right. Five. Five. You, it, Yuka Um, Yuka Um, uh, 
tears through the air. The the bed and the mirror, like the bed and this large mirror, all of the silver in the room is beginning to warp and twist as Yuka-Um leaps from place to place. Just this ball of lightning. It blazes through, it tears through the one uh, touching your staff, right? Yeah. Your staff is suddenly like lifted in the air, crackling with energy. And the drumbeat begins, and with one massive thoom, that skeleton that was crawling towards you is mm-hmm. ash on the floor. Oh, thank God. <laughs> there is only one left, but it it sees you, and it sees Yuka-Um, and it sees your staff, and it dissipates mm. with a cackling laughter. Oh, that's bad, too. And that's when you hear a knocking at the front door. Of the oh. house, uh, a story below you. Oh, all the way out there, someone's at the house. Oh, that's mm-hmm. not good either. Um, yeah, so... Uh, uh, There's a large window you can look out if you want to get a look at what's happening outside. Oh, for sure. I think I grab my staff first and then go over to the to the window and look out. Uh, there are several cloaked... Indivi- cloaked uh, they look... Burly, like they could be town guardsmen, but they're all like wearing these very ceremonial robes and holding curved daggers. You hear Cyrus outside saying, look, you'd have done the same thing. The pact is the pact, but you'd have done the same thing. And they start trying to, several of them from the back take torches and start moving towards the corner of the house. And you hear one of them loudly say as he grabs Cyrus, the one in the front, the town guardsman, the robed figure in the front grabs him and says, this, that was, we made a deal and you broke that deal and now we're all in danger unless we do what we're about to do. What do you do? Ooh, I don't like any of this. Um, so I, uh, I call to Yuka Um to return to my talisman. Uh, and then, uh, hmm, I think I look to the boy and I look back out the window and they've set torches to the corners of the house. The whole thing is starting to light up. All right, cool. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I go to the child and, uh, uh, what was his name again? Uh, Gerhard. 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 Uh, I think I grab Gerhard's wrist and I say, we need to be going now. Are they going to hurt father? Um, no, they are not. We will make it through this, I promise. Just like I promised to get you out of your bed. Okay, I believe you. And the Uh, two of you, uh, he will follow you wherever you go. All right. Uh, So yeah, I pull him out of his bed and we uh, make it to, uh, I I guess, yeah, we head out his door and um, I think I... Hmm. They've already set fire to the house, so I don't want mm-hmm. him to hide. We need to... Hmm. No, that's not true. I want him to come downstairs with me, and then I want him to... Hmm. I don't know. When I go down the stairs, can I see uh, Cyrus um, like in the door? Or is Yeah, he... the door is wide open. Uh, one of the robe figures has, has him by the collar, right? Like, to both hands on the collar and is, like, shaking him, just screaming, You broke the pact! This you broke the pact. Now watch it burn. Now watch your mistakes burn. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, I think I I think CPAC uh as he's coming down the stairs yells something to get their attention along the lines of uh what what pact do you speak of? What 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 is so dire that we set fire to a house with a child inside? The the head robed figure slams Cyrus into a wall. Gearhard screams as two more robed figures with knives like make their make their way inside. Okay, so they're not just setting fire to the house. Their fog, the fog, that fog that you saw earlier, the one that brought with it the Yure, seems to linger around them. And they begin to, they, they, they say, so you're the one that broke the deal. You're the one that ensured that the new would leave. You're the one that ensures that what was waiting in the mine is going to find us and is going to come for us. Unless we make this silent now. And they draw their... And both of them draw their knives and approach. Hmm. Okay. Um. Alright. So... I have this child. And that's the thing that I'm very concerned about. Um. Hmm. Alright. Well... Hmm. I very much think this is kind of like exactly what is going through CPAC's head is he's just kind of standing there like mm-hmm. thinking as they approach well I have this child and these guys have knives and they're very upset about something I'm not entirely sure what uh, and I think he starts digging through his uh, th- his things again uh, and he pulls out uh, a, a small bobble that is like covered in small like dull spikes mm-hmm. uh, and he speaks the name of Pahin who is the prickly porcupine spirit. Uh, this is a spirit that uh, gives uh, me some... Uh, ar- it gives me... Uh, anytime somebody makes a melee attack against me, they take damage. Mm, so I like that. To, I'm going to try to summon this guy first, because these guys have knives. As you're doing that, also give me a discern realities after you do this, as okay. you've taken the time to survey the situation. Oh, okay, cool. Ooh, that is... That is a miss on the spirit talk. Okay. That is not um, good. Yeah, so uh, what happens then is uh, you crack the bobble, mm. or you hold the bobble, you summon the spirit, but uh, what happens instead is... Uh, No, I'm gonna say you, you. I'm gonna say yeah. Uh, the the porcupine spirit comes. Your body becomes covered in barbs, but like as this happens, you hear from behind you, "Ow, ow, ow, ow!" And you turn and you notice that Gearhard had been holding your leg. Oh no! And like got like cut up a little bit, pushed himself off, and is now running and is now like hidden. You don't see him anymore. He's just run off and hide. Mm, okay. Uh, All right. but. Also, give me that to certain realities. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I watch him run off, and uh, on the one hand, now he's hidden from the guys with knives. On the other hand, the house is on fire, so that's all real bad. That was a six, seven, eight. Discern realities is plus wisdom, right? Yes. Oh, so that is a ten. Okay. Ask me any three questions. All right. Um, what is a... Hmm. Oh, man. What here is not as it appears to be? 
Um, these, that's a good question. These, uh, these cultists, and you've seen, uh, you've seen a cult here or there. You're pretty comfortable calling them mm -hmm. cultists. You notice at least a few, you notice that there, that the, there's the two approaching you. But there's, you get a glimpse in the eyes of one of them. His hood hangs back just a little bit and you see his face. He is, he lack, he does not, the man that you see lacks the resolve that his words seem to uh, indicate. Okay. He doesn't seem to, he's afraid. He's, he's, he's taking the stance, not because he believes in what he's saying, not because he truly wants any of this to happen. He's just afraid and he's lashing out. And you get the sense that he's probably not the only person here that is acting, that is mind, like, blankly stabbing out of fear. Okay. And that's that's the guy who's with Sirius, not one of the two that are approaching me. One of the two that's approaching you, but you get the oh, sense okay. that everyone here, more or less, that the, the guy holding Cyrus might be, might be a true believer, but you get the sense that that fear and that uncertainty and that lack of faith... Mm -hmm. might emanate out okay uh so i guess my ne i think you kind of touched on it just now but if i were to ask who's really in control here um it, is that other guy in control or is there something else you hear everyone everyone is talking about the new mm -hmm. everyone is talking about the pact with the new and you get the sense that all of this is in service of the new all of the what is happening here is it's alma it is whatever they're doing they're they're clearly covering this up so that the new doesn't find out okay they're afraid of they're afraid of it all right uh and finally what should i be on the lookout for um that fire is spreading quick mm, okay all right. Uh, so I think, uh, like freshly covered in spikes, uh, turning back to these two cultists as uh, as young Gearhard flees. Uh, I think I stamp my staff on the floor a few times uh, to try to like let them know that I'm going to speak as they're approaching me, and I say, "You are all afraid, but there is no need to be afraid. We can work together. I ha have." control of the spirits i have skills with the spirits if you require assistance i can help you no longer be afraid there's no need to do all of this i'm going to i'm gonna say that you're not like you spotting their fear is leverage and i'm gonna call this a parlay okay and uh you get a plus one on this because you are acting on their fear, which was an answer from Discern Realities. Oh, cool. Awesome. Because I'm going to need that. I have zero charisma. Oh, and that turned out very well. That is a 12. Okay. Um, they stop. The two with knives stop. They turn back. The one holding uh, Cyrus is standing back. Okay. Johnson, uh, Jackson, what are you doing? Go. At, stop. Don't, don't, don't stop. Don't listen to what he has to say. Just... And they, and they drop their knives, and they they take a step back, and their hoods fall back, and they're just, 
they're barely more than kids. Mm. They're so they're young. They're probably fresh out of probably fresh, probably barely older than working the fields, and they've been roped into whatever scheme this is, whatever pact this is, and it's all like you see all of this just written on their faces, and they 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 turn and some of them start to run. Even in, even as the fire is quickly spreading, Johnson and Jackson, the two that were approaching, just kind of sit. Because they're taller than you, because you're a cobalt. Yeah. So they kind of sit and just kind of lean forward as the fire spreads. And it gets hotter and hotter, and they just say, You really think that you could talk to the new and negotiate the pact? I... I'm confident that I can help you solve this problem without need for more bloodshed, without the need to burn down this house. I have my own fire within me, and I can save you. Okay. The thing we must do now is rescue that child and get everyone out of here. I think, um, I think the lead cultist grabs a knife and is, like, screaming, like, like, don't do this, but he gets dragged off, and several more robed figures burst through the door, and the next few minutes are a bit of a blur. You know, you, you, you remember the visual of Gearhard getting carried out. Mm-hmm. You remember the visual of people throwing robes in the fire. Tell me about the ritual where... Tell me about the ritual that put you in front of the new. I'll describe the new to you, and then I'll ask yeah. you to tell me the ritual. Okay. Uh, the new is a tiger-headed creature that lurks in dreams and mist and dark plains. It only exists during hours of darkness. It is massive. It is a dream fan. It is a dream beast. It devours memories, and it is the servant of an ancient grim god. A creature, a walker of nightmares, enshrouded in mist like the Uray, but more whole and more present, and with a swagger and a confidence that is terrifying okay um well i think that uh i think i had to go to a uh, like a a cave by the shore um and find a uh i'm presuming it's got to be a new moon obviously Mm -hmm. right um in fact tonight like the night the night of the fire was a new moon yeah and okay. you get the vi- and and you get the vibe that that is part of why they were why the Yure were on short leave for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. Yeah. Um so yeah, I go and I find this uh I, I find um some sort of uh cave system uh s- somewhere that I can be alone and in in quiet uh and with uh I think I form uh, a a poultice uh, mm-hmm. Or a, a paste out of uh, these psychedelic mushrooms, and 
uh, I light a fire and uh, offer some of my my blood to it uh, with a cut across the palm. Um, and I call upon Nue to meet with me. I demand an audience. Um, and that's kind of a risky move for the mm-hmm. general of a dark god. Uh, but, but it works. It works uh, effortlessly. You know, that mist, this time colder, but also hotter, surrounds you. Uh, you're in the old silver mine, the one that you heard them talking about. The, mm. the one that you heard them say that something came from that old silver mine. Yeah. That that smell of soot and rusted metal fills your nostrils. And that fog seems to lift up chunks of rock. A little bit of it, you know, hits you right in the eye, right? Like a little mm-hmm. piece of dust, and it's hard to really keep your eyes fully open. And then standing before you is an eight-foot tiger-headed creature all half-visible, all muscle, giant paws staring down at you, big grin, giant fangs, like saber-toothed fangs. And he just smiles and says, So you think that you can summon me? You think that you can order me around? Speak your piece. Uh, Sipak is definitely kind of gripping the staff, uh, like, so tight that, um, like, his scaly knuckles turn white. Um, But he says, uh, New, I speak on the authority of Fornak, and I want to know what pact you've, uh, you have, um, You've roped the people of this town into. What business does the general of a dark god have with this town? (laughs) Uh, It's cute that you think you can ask questions, but in this I will indulge you. This time. I do not want anything from Pemhurst's alley. They, and he gestures out, and suddenly, though you are deep in this silver mine, at the precipice of that big mine shaft that seems to go down forever, suddenly you look and you see the whole town around you, all mist and bone, but all those recognizable buildings nonetheless. They sought protection. I, in the service of a Nectarach, made an offer. You see, a Nectarach hungers. We all hunger. My Yure hunger. We made a deal. We feast when the moon is new. We take... We take breaks from the endless from the endless demon wars. We take a break. We feed when the need strikes. We find entertainment when the need strikes. And in exchange, this silver mine that you sit in, 
this mine shaft stays silent and still and sealed off. And the thing at the bottom of this mine shaft stays quiet. You speak to me like I am some conquering tyrant. I am merely the bringer of a service. Alright, yeah. Uh, CPAC nods and he says, um, whatever, whatever pact you have made with the people of this town, it is not working for them. I propose that you release them from their agreement and they will find a new protector. One who doesn't, uh, one who doesn't cast them at cruel whims. And he smiles so much wider with so many more teeth than he should be able to smile with. And you feel that chill and that burning heat all the way down in your core. And suddenly you see all those bone buildings and that those mist buildings that he conjured crumbling and collapsing. And you hear screams and panic. And then silence as the illusion scatters. And then he smiles again and says, Fair enough. The pact is broken. My yure will scatter. And, well... And then you hear the rumbling. The drohong? Well... You're the protector. It's your problem now. (laughs) Oh, maybe I should have asked what it was before I uh, agreed to take on. <laughs> and uh, a glass bauble falls at your feet. One that is cold, black, almost obsidian glass. Almost an onyx stone sits at your feet. It burns a little bit when it touches your foot. And then goes cold. Mm. The rumbling from the mine shaft grows larger and larger and larger. This, uh, this, wait, this black bobble appeared when... When the new disappeared. Just before the rumbling started. Interesting. Uh, and it, it, it just appeared. All right, okay, cool. I'm going to grab it and I'm going to pocket it. Um, actually, well, no, I guess, hmm. Do I know what's in it? I just want to make sure. Um, let me see. I for, I think you might. If do you have a move for this? If not, I'll just say that you know. But you um, might have a move that lets you got read spirits. No, I guess uh, it would probably be spout lore. Actually, if, give me spirit. Get roll me spirit catcher. Okay. Yeah. So uh, spirit catchers, when you witness a creature die, you can bind its spirit to a special totem, which is this was uh, seems this very was appropriate. Not quite a death, but certainly uh, the the scattering of an ancient spirit. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. I love it. Uh, and that is a seven. On a seven, um, what happens when you release the spirit is the new and the yure come forth and feed. uh, all of the hunger that they've built during the demon wars will be sated whether on the target or otherwise there will be no there will be no 
rewinding this spirit if it is called upon they will feed you might see some of the you might see some of their meal you might not but they okay. will feed all right so this is a big one and it's a risky one yep there is an additional undesirable effect <laughs> but okay. it does but it will do uh we'll say a d10 damage oh dang okay cool um like it's a big thing but yeah people are gonna get hurt all right um and this rumbling is coming up the shaft yeah what did uh, new call it the drohung the drohung okay um mm. all right Okay, I guess I am going to... Hmm, how big is this room? Like, can I, can I try to fight it in here? How, hmm, it's... it's a fairly spacious mine, we'll say. Okay. Um, tell, me, tell me a little bit... What I'll say is we'll both uh, describe a few... Like, we'll probably both... We'll go back and forth and both describe two prominent features of the mine, right? Really set the stage for this big, elaborate uh, climax. And okay. then before we do that... We'll take some time and uh, do some experience stuff to see if you level up because it's always because uh, this is a thing I learned recently and I'm really excited about doing it in Dungeon World one shots. Oh, okay, cool. Is uh, leveling up before the big boss fight. Oh, interesting. So um, let's see. I'll give the first feature and that is that it is uh, this is clear. This is where. So the mine shaft is where the actual mining was happening. Mm-hmm. This is where sort of the crews were were meeting up in between like going down for jobs. This is so there are benches. There are it is a large spacious area for team crews of miners to sit. There are benches. There are tools scattered around. There are like wooden platforms for people to sit and eat. Okay. It is big, spacious, and there's a lot of, like, tool, like, uh, almost, like, home goods scattered around. You know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. this is sort of where they had lunch. Okay. Okay. And give, me a, give me another feature. Um, well, I think there are, I think there are a lot of lanterns hanging mm. uh, about, especially if this is a gathering place. Um, there's probably a bunch of unlit lanterns. Yes. Uh, maybe still full of oil? Um, kind probably of still full of oil. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not full, but they have oil. Right, um, ready to uh, be lit. Yeah, uh, hanging from hanging from the the rafters. Um, there is. This is like I said. Uh, Penhurst Abbey is a coastal town. It is a shore town, and so this mine runs along the water. So there's just water dripping. And, like, water kind of pooling at your feet. This mm. murky, old, salty water is sort of, like... You get the sense that, like, high tide comes and, like, it was... Like, you get a sense that a lot of it's reinforced to keep water out because it might be partially underwater. Okay. But it's not particularly... But it's not particularly well done. Um, I think there is a lot of, uh, like, wooden structures. Like, it's all, like like stone and wood um kind of like keeping this built up and i would imagine well actually no is that a bad idea because it would probably be rotten or does that make things better um 
Yeah, I think it, I think there's a lot of like wood structures that is like partially rotten. Yeah, for sure. A lot of big wooden support beams that are kind of like bowed over. Yeah. And are starting to give and like the stone is just pressing on them. I like yeah. it. I like it a lot. All right. So that's our that's the scene of our uh, big climax. Cool. Now let's take a moment and uh, go over some questions. Uh, take a look at your alignment. If you feel like you've done anything so far that has been in line with that, you can mark experience. Mm. I went with good, which was heal or help a troubled spirit, which I do not. I don't. Nope. All right. Uh, I think I'll still give that to you. Okay, I will take it. I you've, will gladly take it. You have you freed some some souls from uh, from torment. Yeah, and also, you know, just because a child is alive doesn't mean he doesn't have a spirit. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. I, I definitely helped some uh, some troubled. Sp- yeah, the spirits just still in their bodies. They're fine. Right. Exactly. I'll give you that. Um, did you learn anything new and important about the world so far? Uh, yes, I learned a lot of things about like the cosmology of this world. Good. Uh, did you overcome a notable monster or enemy? Uh, I talked new into kind of just like not only piecing out, but also giving me a WMD. So I kind of think I like. Yeah, I'll mark that as yes. And uh, did you loot a mute uh, a note? Uh, did you loot a memorable treasure? Uh, I kind of want to count that bobble. I would count that bobble, so mark yes. Coupled with the, uh, one fail from earlier, right? No, you had two misses, so that's two additional XP. Uh, yeah. So where does that leave you at? I think that puts you at a level up? Uh, it puts me at five. By my count. Because that was one, four, five, six. Okay. Not quite enough to, uh, get the level up. Cool. And then we'll start the, the boss fight, and if you get two more experience, I'll let you take a moment and level up. Oh, that would be very nice. <laughs> that would be very well appreciated. Uh, so, so what happens is um, you're, you're left alone in this dark, unlit... Uh, the, only, the only light is from the glowing of your staff and from the, the poultice that you've spread around as it, as it emits this, ghost, this ghostly glow. But the thing about ghostly glows is they also emit shadow. Mm-hmm. And suddenly those shadows start to move around. They start to flow like the, the dripping water all around you. They start to pool and amass. And you hear this rumbling from the mine shaft. And you hear like crushing, gr- something crushing and gripping the walls of the mine shaft. And you see you get your first glimpse of maybe not the entirety of the drow hung because it's still bathed in shadow, partially living shadow, but it is bathed in shadow. It is twisted and it is twisted and mutated of rotted flesh. Once human, maybe dwarven or elven, but humanoid uh, that has been warped and corrupted and disfigured and dismembered and is this 
colossal mass of tendons and rotting skin and lesions and muscle fiber and shadow. Pure, inky, dripping, wet, flowing shadow. As it claws its way up with massive jaws on the ends of tendons and tentacles bursts its way up and it is beginning to claw its way over the top of the mine shaft what do you do oh man oh wow i probably should have uh probably assumed that uh whatever the new was guarding was gonna be way worse than uh than i expected so all right um well uh I think I'm gonna start uh, with. I think I'm gonna start with Pahin, uh, because if I can if I can get Pahin uh, to to grant me those that spiked thorny armor, then I can uh, maybe hold hope to hold out a little bit longer. Uh, so I think I'm going to draw Pahin, okay. um, because I really do not want to. I very much appreciate news. Uh, offer for last minute help, but uh, I'm gonna try not to use it if I can. Mm. That makes sense. That's solid. That's a, that's a smart move. Uh, so that is a eleven. Okay, uh, it goes off effortlessly. Um, describe to me. Describe to me the. Uh, describe to me the summoning of Yuka Um. Uh, so or this is Pahim. Uh, this one is Pahim first. Yeah. Describe um, to me. Describe to me what it looks like when you summon Pahim. Yeah, uh, so I draw out Pahin's bobble, and I speak his name, uh, and uh, Pahin kind of, like, forms uh, kind of, like, benevolently, like, around me. It, I kind of picture him as, like, a, uh, like, uh, those tree-climbing porcupines, where they mm-hmm. have, like, they have sure. prehensile tail and, like, very kind. Uh, he kind of, like, hangs over me and kind of, like, wraps his arms around me, and those, uh, the spikes on his back, the quills on his back kind of, like, form into me so like last time when it went wrong it was very much like thorny mm-hmm. now it's very much like quills like spread sure. along my back and along my uh my cloak um look so i look very like uh yeah like spiky mm-hmm. um and that's what i'm gonna go with for okay pain. so uh now i feel a little bit i feel a little bit protected which is good mm-hmm great uh, and as the, he's marching forward, as uh, Drohong is marching forward, I guess I'm gonna draw Yuka Um first right. and try and get Yuka Um out. Give here. me that. Summon that. Summon that spirit. All right. That is a six, seven, eight. Uh. Do, 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 do. And I will take uh, draw and welcome attention. Okay. Yep. Um. So what happens? Roll your. Roll your damage. Oh, yeah. Give me uh, that damage. Uh, that is a four again. All right. A lot of fours. Um, so, yeah, he uh, Yuka Um comes out, and I point at the Drohung and, uh, and ask for Yuka Um's assistance. Uh, Yuka Um bursts forth, and uh, for a moment, it is as bright as day as that flash of energy and electricity Suddenly, you know, every stray fabric 
on your clothing is standing at an end as it flashes into the drohung and those shadows are blasted away and you know strobe lights are bursting are shooting through uh areas of like gaps in this horrible flesh thing and then suddenly the shadows swallow it they come back around and they see all the gaps and it's simply black again it's simply night again and but then yuga um bursts through a, a set of jaws teeth blood and teeth shoot out in all directions and well you've gotten its attention (laughs) now it knows that's a hell of a way to introduce yourself it knows who you are and there's a voice an itch It, it starts to lumber towards you and you feel this faintest of itches on the back of your neck Right where the neck meets the skull. Just mm-hmm. kind of feels like a couple fingers just gracing it. Like, like a spider crawling on the ba- on the base of your neck. I, yeah, I grit my teeth. Um, that is not good. I think I, I've dealt with enough spirits that I know that I, like that is not a good sensation. Is it, uh, is it coming for... Is it coming... Uh, What's the body doing? Uh, the body is just sort of lumbering towards you, grabbing at claws, chomping it like chomping, grabbing at claws, spitting up shadows, bile and shadow dripping from like the shattered jaw, like the shattered jaw that's sort of like limply hanging off to the side. Okay. Um, is that that sensation? Is that? Is it trying to communicate with me or is it trying to, or is this a, is this, is that more, is it more malicious? It it is, uh, both. It is trying to communicate with you and trying to speak, speak to your mind and invade your dream space and force you to act against your own best interest. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm. I I sh- mm. All right, yeah. I uh I shout at it. Um and I uh stamp my staff again. Um and I shout, uh I am Seapack. I am on a holy quest to find the first dragon and you will not get in my way. Drohung, uh return to whence you came because this city is not for you. And it, uh, it whispers, you hear, you hear a whisper in your own voice that says, join the Drohung, become part of the Drohung. We can find, we can find Fornak together and we can channel his power and become greater than Fornak. Oh, nope, nope, mm-mm. Not cool, not a good way to go. Drohung, you almost had me, but nope. Not gonna, not trying to come greater. Uh, no, that, that is some hubris, Drohung. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, 
Yeah, CPAC shakes his head because it was, it was like, it was getting to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But he shakes his head and um, he uh, stamps his staff. uh, And I think he is, uh, can I call on uh, Yuka Um again? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, 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 it's still kind of lumbering, right? It's not yeah. like too close to me. All right, yeah, I'm gonna try and keep using. I'm gonna, yeah, go with Yuka Um again, uh, and that is a thirteen. Thirteen. So, Beautiful. Uh, roll me that damage. All right. That ah oh, three. Uh, the nice thing is Yuka Um blasts through the shadows. As uh, it was already inside of the Drohung. Oh, yeah. And those shadows just blast forth and splatter on the walls and resume their sha- like their shadowy forms. And all that's left for a moment is this mass of writhing flesh. And now you start to hear the screams. Like You still hear the voices in your head, this continuous chorus of... Fornak is dead. Fornak is nothing. Fornak is gone. We shall become the new Fornak. You and I, when you give of your flesh and join me, we shall become the new Fornak. But now you're hearing the screams and people begging to be released from this agony and people saying things like, I didn't, I didn't want, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I asked. Please release me. As it clamors to its feet and begins to charge towards you. Give me a defy danger. All right. Um, what am I using? Do you or tell me. Rather, um, all right. So it's it's charging towards me now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can make a justification for any of your stats, I'll give you any of your stats. I so um, so would it be cheating to want to be kind of like doing a Gandalf, you shall not pass thing and go with wisdom? Not at all. Not at all. all. Right. I love it. All right, yeah, I, I think that's what I want to do. I think I want to have my staff in front of me um, and having it glowing with that spiritual power uh, and just try to stand against it, like, mm-hmm. secure in my faith. <laughs> that's not good. Uh, that is a six. Okay. Um, take... Uh, as it grabs you and... It grabs you at its jaws. You 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 stamp down, and it grabs you, and it and like for a moment, you know those sa- those shadows scatter again, and it simply writhes. But then one of these big jawed arms grabs you and like rips into your leg, mm. and it's your every fear of that leg being the thing that gets you caught. Yeah. As you take a take a D ten damage. Oof. All right. That's my. Oh, <laughs> that's a nine. Beautiful. Uh, what do you do? Oh, yeah, I I scream. Oh, uh, he does also take two damage for hitting he me. He does take... <laughs> just gonna... Just, he does also take two damage. Just in case this giant eldritch monstrosity only has two HP left. <laughs> uh, it's close. You're, you're wearing it down. Um, what I'll say is, uh, yeah, those ten, the, 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 your, uh, oh god, I forgot what the words, what's the word, what's the word I'm looking for? Quills? That's not the right, is that the right word? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I yeah. think. Yeah, porcupine uh, quills. Yeah. Your, your quills, you see the quills burst through its jaws on all sides and then dissipate as it, like, takes and it rears back and screams. And you hear dozens and dozens of people screaming and begging to be freed from this dream beast that has t- that lured them in and consumed them. All right. Uh, yeah. So w- am I still, I'm captured, uh, like, am I? No, it has let you, it has let you go okay. as it got a mouthful of quill. All right. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I think I, I raised my staff up and I want to bring my staff down on it. All right. Give me that hack and slash. And uh, if you want to use wisdom instead of strength for this, because there are these screaming spirits and you are an expert at that, I'll give you that. Oh, really? That is very much appreciated. Uh, and that makes it a six, seven, eight, nine, nine. Perfect. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, roll your damage. And what I will say is, um, you are awash in, you are awash in like agonizing spirits. You know, that connection to the spirit world is now completely overpowering. And I'm going to say that uh, it is separating you unless you take action and probably pay a price. Unless you take action, you are separated from your baubles. But roll your damage. Okay. Uh, Yes, that is a six. Describe the death of the Drohog. Oh, um, all right, yeah. So, uh, this huge rotting monstrosity is, like, over, like, over me. Um, and I swing down my staff, uh, with this drum beating like a heart, um, right into its, like, rotting head, flesh, uh, whatever it would call a head. Um, and the, like, that burning ember light um erupts through it uh and i think you see like the flesh kind of like sloughing from the bone and disintegrating um and it screams and there's all those screams and it sounds like some of those screams are maybe joyous in being Mm -hmm. released oh Um, for sure undeniably undeniably uh but also like screams of fury and anger uh and it kind of uh yeah, shatters in this explosion of light. Beautiful. And um, all of the lanterns ignite. Several of them burst and fire goes in all directions. Oh, that's so good. And you are just left. Thanks. Bloodied, beaten, but not dead. As the Drohung is scattered off to whatever infinite dimension of misery it came from. Penhurst Abbey is quiet and safe now for the first time in who knows how long. The pact is broken. The Drohung banished. Give me an epilogue. What comes next? Oh, man. So, I think CPAC, his limp worse than ever, uh, emerges from the the silver mine um, and, like, shortly after dawn returns to Penhurst uh, meets with Cyrus and the people of Penhurst and tells them what happened, tells them that they don't need to be afraid of the creature in the mines, they don't have to be afraid of uh, 
new and they're packed um, and that they can move forward now. Um, and I think he waits in Penhurst for a few days uh, for his leg to not be so thrashed. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still... I think he now more than ever he is certain that he needs to bring back the light of Fornak um that he needs that fire he needs to hear Fornak's voice because there are darker things out there than he had ever imagined mhm mhm and he needs to find it and i think the last th- scene we see of him is him walking along the coast leaving penhurst yep. uh, his limp worse than ever beautiful i love it and that is grimworld oh my god that was so good that was really really good that was fantastic thank you so much for playing this game with me this was a blast no yeah thank you so much for gming that was that was amazing like the those details and like running with stuff i'm i'm that was amazing oh that was good zach thank you so much for coming on party of one uh real quick before we wrap up where can people find you and your work online uh, so you can find me at ZW Garth on Twitter. Uh, you can find my podcast Heart Points at Heart Points Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Heart Points Pod. Uh, and you can find us on uh, SoundCloud or any other podcatchers, essentially under Heart Points. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much. This was a blast and a half. And oh, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future, me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Zach for coming onto the show. That game kicked ass. I'm so happy with it. Be sure to check the show notes for more information about Grimworld, and be sure to head over to heartpoints.wordpress.com for more information about Heartpoints, which again, I cannot recommend enough. You can also follow them on Twitter at HeartpointsPod. Then while you're on Twitter, you should follow us at Party of One Pod. Then slide over to Facebook and like the show at facebook.com slash partyofonepodcast. Then head to bit.ly slash discord. Join the Discord community and talk to us about role-playing games, professional wrestling, the show, you know, all of the cool things that people talk about. Like I said at the top of the show, if you'd like to consider backing us financially, you can do so at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. Patreon backers get access to bonus materials, mini-podcasts, and interviews, and Patreon dollars help pay for equipment fees, hosting costs, convention appearances, and new games for the show. Of course, if you want to support us, you can also just leave us a nice iTunes review, give us a social media shout-out, or a word-of-mouth recommendation to a friend. Any of those things help new people find the show, which helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. If you finished this episode and you thought, man, I just need, I just need more Jeff Stormer in my life, well, then you should check out All My Fantasy Children, the character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you, in which every week my best friend Aaron Catano, Saez, and I and spin it into a fantasy story, building our shared universe one character at a time. Episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is, as always, produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. Music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to come onto the show, whether you are a podcaster, game designer, professional wrestler, writer, actor, musician, or you just love a good role-playing game, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance, and as always, party on, everybody.